Hey everyone, thanks for listening to another episode of Man School Musings. This is not your normal introduction, as this is a previously recorded episode for our other podcast, Crosscast. So enjoy this episode on biblical friendship. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Crosscast. Crosscast is a conversational style podcast where we talk about how to be disciples and make disciples of Jesus Christ for the glory of God and the joy of his people. My name's Chad. I'm the intern at the Crossing Church in Fort Collins, Colorado, and I'm sitting here literally with two of my best friends on planet Earth, but not just planet Earth, in the whole universe. Dr. Daniel Steven Smythe. Hey, y'all. PhD in... Uh, I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna filter that one and uh, Chad. I'm so thankful for your honorary doctorate. <laughs> yeah. I receive it humbly yep. and graciously and gratefully. We joked last night because even my son Zeke, four years old, calls him Doctor Smythe now. <laughs> <laughs> and a great friend from Kalamazoo, Michigan, Mister Joseph. Cayenne Pepper. Cayenne Pepper Crawford. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's let's do a real guess. Joe Joseph Charles Crawford. Sounds good. Pleasure to be here. What's that? Oh, pleasure, pleasure to, be, to here. be here. What's your middle name? <laughs> Miller. Miller. We always guess. Yeah. And his first name Joe isn't Joseph. It it's is not. just Joe. Oh wow. Driver's he was license. he was Joe. born oh. to a couple of okay. baristas who liked to drink Joe. coffee. Okay. Well. Rich's middle name is Gear. If, if just a reminder for everyone Gear. who goes to the Crossing Church, Richard Gear Gardner. Yeah, so make sure you keep that one going. So it's William. Um, <laughs> I said I wasn't going to do this, but I'm going to do this. If you guys aren't in the mood to hear three great friends nerd out about being friends and about what a friend we have in Jesus, and we're just catching up with a friend. Actually, Joe, I've been wanting to have you on the podcast for a while and talk about this church, you know, what what life was like finding a new church. So we might do two episodes, but just this is a caveat. If you're not in the mood to hear three guys bro out about cool things that I think will be helpful, just turn this podcast off now. This might be a we're gonna have fun podcast. An ear but don't turn pod? it off. Oh, like not. You yourself know you need it too. Yeah, they know, but. Maybe they can just listen to it on two times speed like I do, like out on a bike ride and only like kind of half listen to it. Oh, great. So what are we talking about, Dr. Smythe? Mm, today Jim? we're talking about the gift of friendship, why friendship is important. And I think, boys, it'd be fun if we kind of gave a little bit of history of our friendship for folks, but I'd like to kind of take a, a grid on this podcast of creation, fall, redemption, restoration through the lens of friendship like is this like so are you and joe gonna tell like your falling in love story and then me and you tell our falling in love story and then the three of us like that's gonna be a long time so we're gonna be brief or is it just like just like one like how the three of us in general became friends yes (laughs) (laughs) no i think friendship is is an important topic that often is neglected in the church and the reality is that many people are lonely in the church and they don't know how to pursue friendship. But I really think friendship is such a great gift from God. You don't have to be a Christian to be friends with someone. Um, but I think in our day and age, uh, friendship has taken a, a, a bit of a sinful turn and we can talk about that and we can talk about ways to redeem friendship and 
have some some practical how to's and and how to uh, really dive deep and and be intimate with folks. That sounds great, and I think we should we should tell the story of how we became friends and how mean you were to me. Okay, first question. <laughs> it's kind of a two part question, but how did we become friends, and specifically what? have been the events or shared experiences that have solidified your friendship, our friendship. Joe first. What? I think the uh, first one that comes to mind for me is uh, our TGC trip. What year was that, 20? I think it was 2016. 2016. Maybe 15. Yeah. Who knows? It was 2016. It was the 500th year yeah. so it was Reformation. 2017 because mm. 1517 it was 500 years right. went through galatians so there it is no other gospel yeah yeah so early 20 2017 yeah yeah um yeah and uh anyway so this this young kind of kid was coming to our church they never seen before and uh kind of you know very good from uh from first presentation of coming to uh, the Crossing Church uh, during worship, we were just looking and hanging out and worshiping together. And he looked, he looked at a quote, quote, good person. Uh, Are you talking about? You're not talking about me. Yeah, yeah, I am. Hmm. Anyway, uh, I say good. Evil. I guess yeah, it's yeah. better than evil. Anyway, um, yeah. After service, we like go outside and start talking and connecting and. Um, I, I learned very quickly that uh, the relationship that that started there was going to continue on for a long time, um, because there was the first moment that I introduced or that I got introduced to um, to Mister Barlow, and just yeah, from there on out, it was just not a. <clears throat> he was good. He is a good person. Very good, true, faithful friend. Um, and he was good and i put you know air quotes on that good first of all uh the beginning because um he is a goofball mm-hmm. if anyone dude i'm the i'm the most serious person like i just i'm i'm amazed every day at how much i have to like keep smitty in line and like tell him to be mature and stop goofing around exactly. and like get his yeah. job done but yeah like 10 minutes ago that's yeah. exactly <laughs> what was happening <laughs> yeah and you're a social justice warrior. <laughs> but anyway, it grew pretty quickly that, um, that yeah, we were going to be friends, friends for the long haul. Uh, even though I moved away, coming back here and reconnecting with you and your family. And uh, yeah, it was fun. It was good to reconnect. It's always good to reconnect. Maybe. Even when you come out to Kalamazoo, Michigan and surprise me. Yes. Behind my oh my gosh. That's we have a video, you guys, listeners, if you ever want to see that video, yeah. we went and surprised Joe, me, Smitty, and Tyler Dell. Yeah. No, 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 no. It was us three. And we surprised Tyler. Oh, no, no, no. we were what? surprised Joe. Oh, surprised I thought you were talking about You don't about even when remember we... our friendship. This guy shouldn't even be a Why part. Is he, he, there's what? a reason he's on that side of the table. <laughs> <laughs> we, we have taken so many videos. <laughs> I was referring to the very first video, Blair Witch Project. Oh, was Blair. Yeah. At that was T4G. TGC. In the hotel. Yeah, Blair TGC. Witch. Yeah. Hotel scene. Bunch okay, of so here's, here's what we did. We Sorry. had two separate Rival. hotel rooms. 
Joe, Chad, and myself were staying in one because we were the married men who needed to stay in line. Tyler Dell, Joel Souter, and Brandon Dupre, God bless these men. I love them. Mm -hmm. They were in their own room, and so we wanted to pull a little prank on them. So we did Just the a most, little, like, but a very mature pastoral. But it was such a lame prank. So we filled up a trash can full of water and leaned it against their door and knocked and ran away knock, like knock, little ditching, kids. Bro, yeah. get it right. Okay, yeah. running away like they didn't have any ding dongs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they opened the door, curse splash, and we got the whole thing on video. And Tyler didn't see us, but he saw my phone. And then we picked it up and ran back to the room and dove in the closet. And, and so we were like breathing hard after yeah, after running away. Totally <laughs> like, and it was like Blair Witch. It was yeah. hilarious. I've never seen that movie. Uh, and that was the beginning really to many yeah. more pranks. That, that so my turn to get serious. So oh, Joe, gosh. I re we Joe and I met. Maybe we met briefly here at the crossing before. Mm -hmm. Like I think I came, came and worshipped with you guys. Yeah, because I was a pastor at Clearwater at the time. Mm -hmm. But as, as wonderful as all the guys were on the trip, and I love like I'm, I consider Tyler, Joel, and Brandon great friends, and Smitty obviously. But um, you and I connected pretty well at TGC. Like we hung out a lot. You asked me, I was kind of the outsider and uh, I think I've told you this before, but like you made sure like I, I knew like I was still a brother and welcome. And like, if those guys were out goofing off, like you'd stay back with me and like wanted to hear my story, shared your story. And it was like, oh, we're cut from the same cloth for sure. Indeed. We, we did lunges. I'll never forget that. We are such nerds. That. We were like, we should just do lunges as we're walking to the, to the venues from our hotel. Oh. You're so there's, there's these six six Coloradans in, where were we? Um, Indianapolis, yeah. mm -hmm. just lunging all over the town. I think that was more or less because we got yeah. coffee from that really good coffee shop. And we were just buzzing, just, just, we're just jazzed. Yeah. Let's do some lunges and play some hacky sack. And we've stayed in touch pretty well. That's a big part of friendship is I've noticed with college friends, like if I would be the only one that would call them like once every few months, like it eventually fell off. But um I've appreciated that like you text me and call me and I text you and call you. So it's a two way street. And I've noticed like I still only, I only have two friends still from college and it's because they're the ones who it's like, they call me and text me and I call them and text them friendships for, in my opinion, when they're long distance fall off, if it's usually one-sided. Yeah, right. indeed. Hmm. So how about you two, Smitty and Joe friendship love story? <laughs> yeah, it was brought on basically by a life group. Uh, I joined your life group, me and my wife, um, shortly after we got married. Yeah, it was probably 2014, 2015. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just, I was more young in my faith, so he definitely, Daniel just came alongside me and just poured his life into me in a way that um, I'll never forget. And it, that model... Um, was very impactful for me. Um, and I know there's many other people out there that um, know what I mean when, I, when I'm talking about Daniel. Um, he just has a servant heart and, uh, and a brilliant mind for the scriptures. And uh, so I just quickly connected with him because I was at that time in my faith, I was just really young and immature and um, he just came alongside me and modeled what it means to be a faithful friend. Mm. Um, 
and consistent and, and faithful as Christ was faithful and um and there's a lot more stuff I can talk yeah, about. Totally. Yeah, totally. No, we got to we can't, we can't keep going. Yeah. Too detailed. Yeah, I think one one distinct memory from our friendship Joe is when uh you out of the blue text me, "Hey, can we meet up?" and you and you got real vulnerable with me and you shared mm-hmm. just like struggle with purity and mm-hmm. lust and just how distraught you were mm-hmm. and like you realized like this sin could destroy your marriage. And that was like, I would say really a turning point, not only in your life, but really in our friendship of like, man, let's pursue the grace of God together. This is, this is canceled sin and we can rejoice in our savior, but canceled sin doesn't give us a license to continue. Mm -hmm. And we just went hard after pursuing holiness and, uh, walking, walking together, which, which was a joy. What year was that? you guys really like become friends and life group together i'm guessing it was like 1968 or something but i could Viet- be wrong vietnam vietnam nah, i don't know i don't, I don't 2016, remember 2016 it was a it was a summertime of some sort outside i actually think it was winter time mm-hmm. i think it was shortly after the patriots won the super bowl because you were wearing uh-huh. a stupid patriots hat probably and i was giving mm-hmm. you flack yeah everyone mm-hmm. in the congregation here hated the patriots <laughs> like, yeah well but we love you yeah we just don't love Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I would I would definitely ditto that. That's that was a moment too and something that I've known about friendships is um you know, it's easy to stay surface level in your relationships with with men. Um and when women, you know, stay surface level is easy. It's easy to not be vulnerable, it's easy to keep your friends. Um but I noticed that when when I did go deep and I shared some personal struggles of mine, um, our relationship, I would say, definitely grew mm-hmm. um, from that because um, I was willing to share some of my deepest sins. And out of that, you were able to um, also, I mean, point me to the fall, point me to how broken and fallen we are. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also how beautiful the gospel is. Yeah. Um, that you said it's that our canceled to sin. And so, yeah, just being willing to go deep, I think is very important in relationships. Um, because mm-hmm. there's grace in that. Amen. Yeah. How about so you want to, you, you want to hear how mean Smithy was to me, Joe? You better keep it PG. Uh, I don't know how to like, like you know. It's obviously PG, but when did you? It's guys, real. I don't even know. Okay, so know this story. Let me tell it to you. Oh, was it hockey? I'm playing. I moved here in 2014. I had just gotten into ice hockey after college. Okay, just ravenous. It's always about player. hockey. You guys just played hockey. And I meet this guy who who like I was playing twice a week, Wednesdays and Fridays. This guy named Mike Blackwood. God bless him. Met him first, became friendly with him. You know, like I'm trying to meet everyone on the ice what a cool all the name, time. By the way, yeah, I call him Mikey. Mikey. Mm. And um, so one day, Smitty comes into the locker room. Doctor Smythe, you know, with his like doctor, doctor? coat on. Yeah. Ooh. And he and Blackwood start talking, actually about this guy. No, it doesn't matter who it was. They're talking about this guy, and Smitty just says. That guy just needs Jesus. And I'm like, amen. 
And in a hockey locker room, you never, you're talking about Jesus, you never get an amen. Right. So then Blackwood's like, yeah, you guys should meet each other. Cause Blackwood knew I was a youth pastor, brand new back into town and Arminian. Arminian charismatic. <laughs> I was a part of a true great church. I say that tongue in cheek listeners. I say that very tongue in cheek, goofy, goofy Chad. Um, and it, that wasn't true either. We weren't, it wasn't super Arminian or charismatic, but anyways, this part might be edited out. <laughs> yeah. I'm probably not <laughs> motivated enough to edit this out. Um, it might've been that time or like the time after, you know, cause you're really sweaty when you play hockey. So you shower afterwards. So, and I have a huge tribal tattoo across my back <laughs> that I got when I was 20 years old and I thought it was cool. You're what? You're where? On my back. Where? Lower back? No, it's not Trips. a tramp stamp, bro. Come <laughs> on. What kind of you operation do you think we're doing I'm here? So I don't know what else is going on. Conversational today. I saw style today podcast. Yeah. Across the top of my back, mm. like a bad A, okay. I have a humongous tattoo okay. of tribal. PG. Be- because I'm cool. And when I was 20 running D1 track with diamond Ooh, studs in both my ears, D1. I was cool, you know? So I had to get the big old tat to show in my speed suit, yeah. only white guy on the relay team for two years, you know, like cool. Like when enough. a short guy buys a big truck and drives a big truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Sorry, listeners, if you're short and you drive a big truck. <laughs> and you have... <laughs> um, so Smitty goes, ooh, tribal, huh? What tribe are you in? <laughs> and I'm like... This guy is a meanie. That was a mean joke in my heart. That's what a Christian would say. Uh, but you know, I may I I thought of some comeback about an hour and a half later, and was like, yeah, I'm, I'm in the I'm in the cool Jesus tribe, bro. And then um, he's like, we should go to Bojo's and tell each other our stories. And we went to Bojo's and got pizza back when I ate gluten. God bless it, I miss it. And we got real similar stories, you know, just athletes living for themselves and then sleeping around and then partying and like, wow, none of this fills the hole in my heart. Mm -hmm. And then Jesus Christ, wham, whoa, the hole in my heart's filled. And then I was a youth pastor and just like, you know, we're peers, but looked up to Smitty a lot. And he, like you said, just got a mind for the scriptures and loves people well. And I was like, I want to be friends with this guy. And we were so. Best friend I've ever had, Daniel Smith. Praise God. <clears throat> Praise him. So I got a verse for you guys. Proverbs 27.9. Joe, do you have it open in front of you? Yeah, 27.9. A brother is born for adversity. Is that it? Oh, man. Okay. Oil and, perf- oil and perfume and make the heart glad. And the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. Yeah. And I love that because when I think of the friendship that I have with you two, one of the ways that the Lord has wired me, I can literally talk with anyone. Like I could talk to the wall. God is just, I've seen it. (laughs) And I would say I learned that for you because I was actually an introvert before I met Daniel. Yeah. For somebody you don't know. And Whoa, so I didn't know that yeah. with, with being able to talk to anyone, including the wall, which I do sometimes in the shower, I, f- I feel like I could be friends with anyone. And I do have a number of friends. Um, well, that really cheapens our friendship. <laughs> Gosh, <laughs> <Would you just laughs> chill out? 
Jeez, people turn this off like thirty He's minutes ago. Oh, dude, the, <laughs> the minute we said we're gonna bro out, everyone. Hey, mom, <laughs> she's still listening. <clears throat> but when I think of the sweetness of our friendship, the reality is, is being a pastor, I pursue a lot of people and I ask a lot of questions and I give a lot of earnest counsel to people. But the pastorate and leadership in general can be a pretty lonely place. And so the way that you guys have come into my life and asked me questions and taken a genuine interest in my own good has just really been a balm for my soul. Uh, Friendship isn't necessarily the easiest thing to pursue long term. I think I can be friends with somebody almost instantly and connect but to have a particular amount of depth and love and earnest counsel, I mean, it's, it's sweet. It lifts the soul. You guys speak timely words into my life and encourage me, um, unlike other friends that I've ever had. So I'm really, I'm really grateful. One, one other thought with this verse, um, when, when it says the sweetness of a friend... Uh, this was written in a day and age where there were no artificial sweeteners. <laughs> There's a lot of the food that we eat as we have brownies and cookies in front of us here. Uh, these are all pretty much artificially sweetened, but when you think of uh, back in, in the agrarian culture that the Proverbs was written in, you had authentic good fruit that was naturally sweetened. And I think a, a true and a, a genuine friend, there's, there's a sweetness to it that is not fake, that is not artificial. And that's, that's how God has designed it. So I'm, I'm really grateful for, for you brothers and the shared experiences that we've had, whether it's the trip to Surprise Joe mm-hmm. uh, right before COVID alongside Tyler Dell or the conferences that we've done or Joe being in life group together or serving here in the church, swinging hammers, doing yard work, hanging with the kids, Pond just hockey tournaments. Along. Yeah. Or with you, Chad, I mean, this season with our life group has been a unique one. And I would say like over the last couple, three years that you've been a part of the church, like it's been one of the most difficult seasons of uh, my time with the life group, but it's been one of the sweetest times because Michelle and I partnering with you and Audrey, uh, it's just that that shared experience of doing that together, I think has just brought a depth to our friendship that, uh, that's unparalleled. Yep. Agreed. So we all, um, I, I, I think you did, I think you sent it to us, Joe, actually. So, um, commend a podcast to you listeners called the Wednesday conversation. It's, uh, it's similar. It's a conversational style podcast. And they talked mm-hmm. about, it was a pretty cool, it was a pithy name. It was like the, the pandemic of American friendships. Oh yeah. The or, episode I sent you. Yeah. Gotcha. And, um, what really stuck out to me was someone said, we don't realize the weight of like just declaring friendship, the weight that that has mm-hmm. of like just declaring to someone like you're my friend and you're a good friend and I'm thankful for you. And ever since I've listened to that, I think I've been more declarative. Yeah, declarative, especially to Smitty. I'm just like, man, you're a good friend. I'm thankful. And there is something to that. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, like that, like really deepens the bond. I think Mm -hmm. there's something about that where it's just like, and even as guys, can't that be awkward sometimes? Sometimes we're like, hey, you know, 
my Can't friend. But my friend. <laughs> don't make fun of me <laughs> for saying that, but <laughs> no, but there is something genuine about that. Like yeah. declaring as, as you say, like, this is my wife, you know, you can declare and say, this is my friend. Yeah. Absolutely. This is my beautiful wife. That's what she is in my phone. Yeah. So whenever I tell Siri, call beautiful wife. Mm. Joe, next time he leaves his phone, Joe. I'm going to change my name to beautiful wife in the phone. <laughs> <laughs> call me. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. Speaking of, let's talk about the fall. <laughs> he is the one that like actually initiates it and tries to carry on this conversation because you and I are the ones that will just like drag. And I've bit my out. tongue like 19 times already <laughs> in 24 <laughs> minutes. Okay. The fall. Okay, what are some of the pains you guys have experienced from living in a Genesis 3 year world in this realm of friendship? What are some of the pains? Oh, man. Um, I, I doubt, I'll be vague, but I doubt that the person I'm going to talk about will ever listen to this podcast sure. ever. But I used to be close with someone uh, when I was younger, and... Um, when I got saved and I got older and more mature, I looked back on that friendship, having thought that it was super close and in some ways it was. But as I looked back as a more mature man and a saved as a Christian, someone who was in Christ, I kind of realized like the, what's the word, the catalyst and the continuer of the friendship was, was mostly like my friend um, using me to make himself happy. Like mm-hmm. I used to be a yes man. I mean, you guys know that Smitty used to call me a yes man all the time. I still, yeah. c- you know, can struggle to say I no to people. Yeah. And that's why you guys are my friends. Yeah. You always say yes to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like, and I, as I started, yes, Dr. Smitty. It's my <laughs> um, yeah. So just like thinking about the fall, like we, we, a lot of times, even as Christians, but especially unbelievers, not all of them, but because there's common grace, but like we can view relationships and friendships as just like, what's in this for me? Like mm-hmm. I'm your friend cause you make me happy and you're willing to go party and stay out late and you'll do whatever I say whenever I say it. And that's great. And that's fun. And when you stop doing that, then I'm not really that into you. And mm-hmm. Like we shouldn't view our relationships as like personal commodities that mm-hmm. are only for our own happiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got any thoughts, Joe? Yeah, I mean, similar story. Just a friend of mine who who is a um, a non-believer, and I think there is something that is, you know, different having a relationship or a friend with someone who is a non-believer because they have a completely different worldview um, compared to someone who is a Christian, right? Like, um, they don't see fallen brokenness of sin um, in the the picture of um, friendship as scripture calls it. And, um, so yeah, there is, there's been broken, um, uh, relationships that, that I've had in the past that I agree with, um, with Chad are just, um, more just, you have that relationship to gain something else from them. I think that's one aspect of it, but there's also another aspect that is like, um, what do you have in store? Like, what can I get from you? And then also like the, the opposite end of that. Um, or what kind of knowledge can you give to me? Um, 
that I can get from you Mm -hmm. or business. I want you to, you know, be a part of my business and really you're only using them to for their money or something like that. So Mm -hmm. it's very self-centered. Yeah. Um, versus a biblical understanding is very sacrificial, Mm -hmm. um, model. So yeah, that's kind of what I, what I have. Yeah. Mind. Yeah. I I think when (coughs) friendships, uh, somewhat break up, so to speak, uh, there's, there's pain that results from that. And one of the verses in preparing for this podcast that I came across was Psalm 41 verse nine, which says, even my close friend in whom I trusted who ate my bread has lifted his heel against me. Mm. Um, I think there's there's an element of when you are friends with someone you uh, enter into a trusting relationship and if that is broken then there's almost this sense of betrayal and Julius Caesar and uh, his his best buddy at two Brute then fall Caesar yeah stabs him right in the back in the back literally that's where we got that saying oh yeah I just made that up but I bet that is no it is yeah, so um, Jesus actually quotes that, Psalm 41, 9, when he's talking to his disciples after he washes their feet in John 13, and he quotes that psalm about Judas, mm-hmm. that Judas lifted up his heel against Jesus and betrayed him. And that that betrayal, when, when someone goes through that, I think it kind of makes you cautious to get close to someone. It makes you... Uh, uh, kind of preserve yourself of man I, I really shared my life or mm-hmm. shared my soul with this person and they stabbed me in the back mm-hmm. um, and that's that's painful um, I think some of the the causes that that lead to that type of pain uh, is often uh, you, you guys have already hit on this 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 self-interest in friendship like I'm in this friendship to get something out of it. And don't get me wrong. Like that's part of the common grace of friendship. Like you, you do receive benefits, but if that's your sole purpose, I would, I would almost argue that that's a little bit idolatrous and you, you are worshiping something that, uh, is not the living and true God and you're worshiping yourself Mm -hmm. to, Mm -hmm. to be honest. And so other times, uh, I think friendships can be seasonal or they're specialized around, whether it's a season that you're in or an activity that you do together, which um, aren't necessarily wrong in and of themselves, but uh, a big reason why I asked the opening question, what are some of the shared experiences that you have together? I think those really forge your friendships. Um, it's, It's a generalization, and whether you like it or not, men typically forge their friendships when they're shoulder to shoulder and they're doing things. And yeah. women typically forge their friendships when they're face to face and they, they, uh, bear their souls to one another. Uh, but men also do that, but it's often in the context of swinging a hammer, right. digging something in the yard or doing something with the kids and mm-hmm. just those, those common experiences really, really forge it. But yeah. Any other thoughts on, on that in the fall pain and friendship? I was I was about to get on a soapbox. I probably shouldn't because I don't want to offend people. But um, 
that's what I that's the way I view no offense okay this is just my opinion issue of conscience but that's how I viewed LinkedIn you know that website LinkedIn yeah. mm-hmm. like I, I I created a profile when I was looking for a job and the whole mindset I think personally okay I'm not trying to offend anyone was I need to and and this broader idea of networking it's great. I'm an extroverted extrovert. Yeah, I love having tons of friends and knowing people and connecting people. Yeah. But there can I've totally seen in America this like I need to network. I need to have this great profile on LinkedIn because I never know like how many people I can meet that are going to help me get ahead. Mm-hmm. Like it really is just like growing in your profession, which isn't necessarily bad. It's just not a good god. If if that's like all we're going like trying to network and trying to create this LinkedIn profile so we can like get ahead in life and you know use other people's heads as our lily pads I'm like nah that's um I'm not into that so sorry there's my little that's the thought that I was biting my tongue yeah I mean I would jump on that soapbox too and it's not just LinkedIn too it was like it's it's across a lot of different social media platforms mm-hmm. I mean why do you take pictures like what is the deep heart motive in taking your own selfie of what you're doing at next time or how how perfect your kids are looking like there's there's a lot yeah. of different undertones there that yeah. but not to say that you know social media can be used for good right, right? yeah um for question communicating between <laughs> with <laughs> with you guys or friends back here in um in fort collins colorado being out there in kalamazoo michigan there's great things just to kind of keep up with you yeah. guys and seeing you guys but how many yeah. friends do you guys have on Facebook? 4,321. I don't keep track, but. I deleted my Facebook last October and I've never looked back. Lost oh lots of great gosh. pictures of my kids and pictures of me running track at Oregon. And I said, screw it, delete. And you no, lost a lot of can't friends. can't be deleted. No, it's fully deleted. Like I got emails saying, if you don't reactivate within a month, we fully delete everything. There's really? like no existence of you on Facebook. Anymore. Yeah, they, they changed say their that. Policy. They changed the policy. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I must have just signed back up just before that because they, I was on it for like three or f- I was off for three or four years. And then during COVID reactivated, right, yeah. reactivated to see people and mm. I have none at home. But yeah, I have over 800 friends on Facebook and they're real friends. Are you they're on Facebook? So now? friends. No, oh. <laughs> but I haven't fully deleted my profile. So I still have 800 mm. friends. I'm telling you, I can talk to the wall and make a friend. <laughs> or a screen. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know how many friends I have. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> it's probably somewhere around that. So, yep. Okay, moving on from the fall of friendship and social media and friendship. Let's talk about redemption. Uh, how has Christ redeemed brokenness in friendships? I mean, just depth man like true friendship like as christians what do we believe about love and what is the most loving thing a human can do for another human point them to the gospel of jesus christ and to loving the lord their god with all their heart mind soul and strength and you know my 900th soapbox of the day and of my life is i there's common grace but unless a human being is pointing another human being to the gospel of Jesus Christ, they are not doing the ultimate highest act of love for the other human. And so as Christian guys and brothers, it adds depth to our 
to our friendships because and that's why smitty i say you're the best friend i've ever had because yes we have we are cut from the same cloth we're goofy we're fun loving and we're serious and we love the lord and we love theology and we love the bible and we love people but i never had a friend point me more to jesus than you and like remind me of the gospel when I come to you and talking about purity or whatever, my own anger and impatience that I struggle with my own kids mm-hmm. that, yeah, that just like, yeah, I have friends who aren't Christians and they're great friends, but they're, they're nothing as deep as the, the friendship I have with you two right here across yeah, this table. Right, Cause this friendship was, was pointed out to me recently. Like this friendship is not temporary. Yeah. This friendship is going to go on for forever forever like, either whether i die or christ comes back mm-hmm. like we're going to be able to rejoice together amen and christ is going to be the center of that and amen. your question daniel kind of just reminded me of right christ calls us to um which is one of the greatest commandments right love your neighbor as yourself um which i would see that something in line of, of being a friend to others mm-hmm. um which then reminded me of of john um 15 13 mm-hmm. which says that greater love has no one than this than someone laid down his life, life for his friends exactly like this sacrificial offering to mm-hmm. someone else um is a costly gift but it's a gift worth dying for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that reminds me of a verse in First or Second Corinthians in the first chapter. Paul says he's he's pouring out his life on the sacrificial altar of your faith. Mm-hmm. You know, and we see that in each other. Like Smitty's laying his life down, Joe, for me and your joy in Jesus, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you can't feel more loved by anybody than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a. I thought of the Trinity and how in the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, there's perfect fellowship, uh, friendship, so to speak. And then it's because of Jesus' laying down his life that that fellowship, that friendship was broken so that us who have rebelled against God could be brought near to him so that we would never be forsaken, that we would never experience that pain, that brokenness. Um, but we could be restored back to right relationship with, with our God. Um, yeah. And we wouldn't know what this friendship is without Christ. Right. Yeah. And being found in him, mm-hmm. there's something these types of friendships, meaning, you know, friendships that are in Christ are so um, needed, um, even to walk our faith out. Um, you know, just it's so needed to continue and persevere in the faith hmm. um, because otherwise we're left to ourselves. Hmm. Hmm. Amen. Gosh, we need it so bad can't find the verse well i found one similar second corinthians 1 24 paul says not that we lord it over your faith but we work with you for your joy for you to stand firm in your faith yeah. <clears throat> can't remember what he talks about pouring himself out 
as a drink offering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But might be Philippians chapter three. Gotcha. Yeah. But I got a I got a quote from you guys or for you guys from this uh material that we've used at the crossing. It's called Porterbrook. They did a whole unit or chapter on friendship and uh, it says, In Jesus we have the truest of friends, the friend who laid down his life for his friends. In his life and death, I see true friendship of breathtaking proportions. I see a friendship that draws and entices, a friendship that humbles and excites. We also see a friendship that calls us into the friendship with God for which we were made, a friendship that calls me to repentance for not being the friend to God and others that I was made to be. For in Jesus' death at the cross, I also come face to face with the means by which I can begin to be that friend. The cross turns me from my self-obsession and self-interest, acknowledging them as the self-worship as they are. And the Holy Spirit comes alongside as a friend who faithfully helps me become the friend I was made to Amen. be. Amen. That's good. Yeah, there's all sorts of reasons why uh, we're not the friends that we <laughs> uh, were designed or created to be. But I think in Christ and not only through his example, but us being brought back into perfect fellowship with the Father, uh, we can be the friend that we were designed to be. So uh, as we as we look forward to restoration and application, kind of laying the plane here, uh, what are some practical ways that we can pursue biblical mm-hmm. friendship? Don't wear your mask. Mm. Be authentic. Like your COVID mask? <laughs> Funny. No, for what I'm, what I'm trying to say there is, is um, it's easy to be caught up in that display of being a Christian in the church or in life group or community groups or whatever your church calls them, care groups. Mm. It's easy to, to show up once a week or um, on a life group night and to put on your mask um, and look like you have it all together. Um, But I think taking that mask off and being in relationship, um, authentic relationship, because (laughs) I'll tell you that right now, like you two are the easiest to get along with, I think because I can be myself with you and I won't be judged. Yeah. No matter what I say, what I do, mm-hmm. you guys still love me. Yeah. And you laugh alongside me. Mm-hmm. And I think taking that mask off is hard because it means you're going to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and you're going to, you know, show things that, um, quote unquote, is not proper in the Christian life. Um, and if you are judged by that, I would say that those people have a wrong interpretation of the fall. Like we are not perfect. Mm-hmm. And I think the more authentic we are, um, the more we can grow closer together and the more sweeter those relationships will be and authentic those relationships will be. So, oh, yeah. It takes a lot of humility, too. Like, I found that, like, yeah, you just, when you want to really grow, when you're pursuing holiness, you know, mm-hmm. Christian friendships, you were saying that I just added a word to it. Humility of just like, Hey, like I don't have it all figured out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm an aspiring pastor in Smitty, who's a pastor, like I don't, you know, I struggle. Right. I, and it takes humility to be that open and say, 
I need help. I need mm-hmm. brothers. And I've noticed like in, in at least even, even in the crossing church and being in life groups, like the guys who I struggle to get close with, it's because we don't go deep. And there's that saying like men are like wood. When you throw it in water, it always floats to the surface. Like mm-hmm. there are, there are certain guys There may even be listeners right now. And my challenge to you, if you're that kind of guy is like, do you always, are you always trying to bring it back to the weather and the sports yeah, and exactly. the patio that you're finishing in the backyard? Right. Are you ever willing to be humble enough to say, yeah, like I, I snapped on my kids this week yeah. and I need prayer and I'm struggling. Yeah, exactly. Cause, mm. cause if you, if you can't do that, then you're not going to have the deep friendships mm. and we all want those relationships. And, and the design I think too, for, from Whether God we know is, it or not, we is do sanctification want right. too. Exactly. Like. I'm not just get, like you guys are there so much for my sanctification and vice versa. Hmm. Hmm. Somewhere in the Bible it says that it's not good for man to be alone. Somewhere. Somewhere. Genesis chapter. Yeah. Indeed. Two. God says that. Two. Therefore, I will make a helper fit. And, you know, the primary uh, solution there that God provides is a wife mm-hmm. for Adam. Uh, but for you guys, I think you can trace that to oh community. Yeah, absolutely. I think what you guys are describing is what it means to be a community of grace, one that creates this openness, this acceptance, but also one that is a sanctifying community that will point us to Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I asked that question. What are practical ways we can pursue biblical friendship? I mean, there has to be a commitment to following Christ to be a biblical friendship. There has to be this, this commitment that our lives are not our own. We are meant to glorify God, and we want to pursue that to the highest extreme possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and we want to call others to do that. And I think yeah. that is one of the chief ways why we are such good friends, bros, is because we want to glorify God, and we want to help one another do that. Yeah. Amen? Yeah, totally. Amen. I think uh, just just a couple other quick like practical tips. Um, I read this book a couple years ago after I kind of got stabbed in the back by a friend, and it just really made me search for what the Bible says about friendship. And it's the book is called "The Company We Keep in Search of Biblical Friendship." It's real tiny, uh, written by Jonathan Holmes, uh, who is a pastor alongside Alistair Bag. It's about um, 90 pages, it looks like. Yeah, it's about 100, but it's pretty big font, okay. uh, small pages. So, yeah, it's uh, this This was really helpful. And, you know, quite honestly, one of the most practical tips that I took away from reading this book was pray. Just pray for biblical friendships, guys yeah. who will come alongside you. And you guys were already in my life at this point, and I didn't know that. And so the one of the next practical steps is just look around who has God provided in your life that maybe you haven't seen as a close friend before. Um, and then specifically invest. Um, go ahead. I was going to just comment on that one thing too. It's easy to, um, it's easy to be friends with people you have common relationships or common hobbies with. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it takes something else to go deep with someone who you have really nothing in common except Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So we've talked even, about that a lot. Sorry to interrupt at yeah, our, in our it. life group this year, 
Um, just like, and we've talked about it openly in our life group. Like we are an eclectic bunch of people and there's a few like commonalities, but it's cool. And it's a picture of the gospel that we can go deep and love each other and be friends. And Christ is the main thing that brings us together. Binds us together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the last thing that I was going to say is just invest. I mean, it, it takes time to build friendships. So looking for some of those shared activities that you can do together. I mean, investing and uh, declaring that you are my friend and, and even declaring like, Hey, I need friends who are going to point me to Christ, like, Mm -hmm. and, and show that humility and ask like, Hey, will you help me? Like, let's do this together. And oftentimes that'll lead to, yeah, let's get together a couple times a month and pray. Let's get together once a week and read the scriptures together. And those things really forge a biblical friendship and create kind of the context for those sanctifying discipleship conversations. So, okay, I got a couple questions for you. Rapid fire. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not prepared for that. It's not on the list. What's a reasonable number of friends that we should have? On Facebook? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, those aren't real friends, Joe. Oh, oh, those aren't real friends. Yeah. Um reasonable number of deep friendships yeah, like good deep good biblical friends. friendships Bi- biblical friends five to eight mm-hmm. at least three yeah I, I was gonna say three to four mm. um, and now that's like <clears throat> and I can see more than that when like you are transplanted across the country like for me mm-hmm. like i've gained friends out there in michigan mm-hmm. who are good friends love them um but i think like yeah there is there's sometimes there that does more mm-hmm. and not that yeah i'll just say that yeah sometimes more three or four sure but then again depends on what you guys are talking about Right. Like I'm referring to like journey groups, mm-hmm. like uh, journey groups or, or uh, we call them discipleship groups where just, you know, three to four men or women who have the common sex meet together and they get into the word where they read, pray um, and uh, share life struggles, accountability at times. Um, those are good. Those are a good aspect of, of friendship. Um, but I think too many at times you can get lost um, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. what I'm saying there. Yeah, it's it's more difficult to be known. I think of Jesus; yeah. he had twelve disciples, twelve exactly. followers, and yeah. it's not and apples it's to apples as friends. But yeah. he gave his life to these twelve men. Right. One of them betrayed him. Yeah. Uh, but even within that, he had the three: Peter, James, and John. And even within that, he had Peter. Right. Um. So yeah, I I think, you know, you can. You start with one, mm-hmm. you know, pray for one. Yeah. And if the Lord blesses and gives you a four, five, you know, maybe six, you could be half the person that Jesus is. Mm. How about uh, friendships of the opposite gender, opposite sex? What do you, you guys have any convictions Whoa. on that? Whoa, that's, that's what Joe says. Yeah. Is that what you just said? I did. I said, whoa. Mm. Whoa. Um, I have female friends, but I wouldn't say any of them are deep friendships. No. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I would not. I would say no. Mm-hmm. I, I giggle a little bit because early on in my relationship with my wife, um, she had a relationship with someone else. Um, sorry, more context. Sorry, that's vague. Dating my wife, um, and we were dating early on. She was friends with someone, and it was the opposite sex. And I was, I would say I was a little jealous. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to claim her as my wife. Oh yeah, and uh, and and my girlfriend back then. And um, I said, you know, I, there's nothing good going to come out of that mm-hmm. because um, from my experience with another friend of mine, who was the same sex, often had friends of women of the opposite sex, and the guy always got burnt mm-hmm. because he had the feelings, mm-hmm. but the woman didn't. Yeah. Not the same as apples to apples, but um, there's a there's sometimes something within that that um, maybe the opposite person doesn't realize that um, is there. Now, someone who is single, mm-hmm. I could see that as being a good friendship, but someone who you go to with your most deepest, darkest sins that you're struggling with, um, probably not wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's perfectly okay to have a friendship with the opposite sex if they're your wife or your spouse. <laughs> oh, done, done. <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I was thinking about this, and I think of my children. You know, my oldest son, he's eight. He has a friend who's a girl, and and I think that's totally appropriate for, for his age. But I think we as as humans, as we grow and get older like it's just not wise to put ourselves in situations where like you said joe there there could be sexual attractive feelings Mm uh where even even outside the context of marriage if if you are single um it's just not wise to pursue that because um somebody's going to get hurt Oftentimes it is selfish motivated. Now, granted, there's ways to be friends with people and pursue them for a relationship and um, don't read any of Joshua Harris's books, but Mm. (laughs) (laughs) just kidding. But yeah, there's, there's just, there's wisdom in it. And I think having other people speak into that, have other people observe your friendship with people of the opposite sex. I mean, uh, that there's just, an element of you gotta be you gotta be thoughtful. You can't be selfish or arrogant of oh I'm gonna figure this thing out. I'm okay, mm-hmm. because that's right where Satan likes to lurk and and attack. So there's there's even married guys in our church that I've had to counsel, just like yeah, it's probably not wise for you to study with this person or yeah. um, have one on ones with someone who is not your wife Absolutely. of the opposite sex. I mean, but you know culture doesn't see anything wrong with that. Right. Uh, but I think just the, the temptation of evil, uh, but even more than that, it's like we're called to be holy. And so uh, holiness is not how close we can get to the edge before we sin. Holiness is running right. the opposite way and uh, loving God and right. pursuing Defense him. laws we can put in place without going off the deep end because mm-hmm. that's there too. Yeah. Okay, last one might might be a little bit, tricky um how long are we going this is like we're like looking at an hour right now Jeez. okay that's all right people can <coughs> shut it off 
How about for our brothers and sisters who maybe are listening to this and they struggle with same-sex attraction? You guys have any thoughts on how to wisely counsel them so that they can guard their pursuit of friendships from sin? Come on, intern. I, I mean, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't change. Uh, sorry, <laughs> I'm so smart. <laughs> Don't um, believe those lies. Like you just you need accountability, like we all do, man. Mm-hmm. Like to sin, like my my sinful angry outbursts or my sinful lust. So I need brothers like you guys who I can openly share with, and I wouldn't counsel someone not to pursue friendships with the same sex because they're same sex attracted. Just like, hey, bro, keep keep fighting for holiness and I don't know maybe I'm not over I'm thinking I'm not thinking thoroughly enough but yeah um your question was can you have if you if you are attracted to the same sex can you have relationships with that same sex no just what does wisdom look like in guarding those friendships from sin I think being open with your struggles. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you are the person who is battling with same sex attraction, like being open um, with that brother. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully, he's follower of Christ. Um, and if you are open, <coughs> I hope that he would be definitely willing and open to. Um, love you and care for you Mm -hmm. um, as a brother in Christ Um, because I think once you do that and honest um, there is there's a sense of awareness for that Mm -hmm. um, that you can be aware of Um, but at the same time like being able to love them for um, who they are in Christ and not their falls and their sins um, that they struggle with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah, just you know, coming back, just being open with that. Um, yeah. Cause Walking it could be difficult and hard. Mm-hmm. Um, the other aspect too, is maybe just not having one-on-one, but having multiple mm-hmm. men there. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I have a friend who does struggle with this. Uh, and he has been open with me and I've been very encouraged as he has sought to fight this sin because it's not honoring to God, a homosexual relationship. And I don't think his same sex attraction is that he's sinning when he actually has that attraction. I think that's Mm -hmm. a result of the fall and living in a Genesis three world. But I think when he responds on that temptation or that attraction that that's when that's not honoring to the Lord and it is sinful. And so ways that I've observed him and how he has wisely guarded his life and his struggle with same sex attraction is he will not put himself in situations where he is one-on-one with someone that he finds physically attractive. Mm. It's just like makes sense, right? 
You know, right. if if there is somebody that I know that I'm prone to butt heads with or get angry at, I won't pursue them in a one-on-one type of context. Like I'll have my wife there, I'll have somebody else there who can really help me kind of watch mm-hmm. my tone, see my response, hold my tongue, things like that. And similarly, I think with same-sex attraction, like there's just a slippery slope there. And so not putting yourself in that context or in that environment. Um, I think having a, a broad uh, relational uh, group that knows that you struggle with this and asking for them to pray for you and keep you accountable, like that will help you battle that, um, that sin. And then I think, I think beyond that, um, I had a, I was reading about this in this book, The Company We Keep, um, and it says, cultivate a network of multi-layered friendships where you can be known and loved. And multi-layered, what they mean by that is in interests, pursuits, hobbies, and age. And I think it's, uh, there's, there's just some wisdom there and not just seeking people who are like you, but having folks that can show you the different contexts of life and that maybe the Lord opens up that you're able to, to share your struggle with. So yeah, it's, it's a hard one. I, I've counseled people even here in our church who, who battle with that. And I think bringing it to the light is, is the best way to, to move forward in, in wisdom. Yeah. it's wise. Well, friends, we're at an hour and one minute. We bring, should, us, bring us home. We should land the plane. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's what Bye-bye. it is. Bye-bye. Hey, Ron. Um, we all need friends. Indeed. We need good, godly friends who point us to the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We ultimately need the friend of sinners, hmm. Jesus himself. We'll uh, put a link to this book in the show notes. So if you're interested in chasing it down, you can find it there. Love you guys. You guys are some of the best friends I've ever had and looking forward to see how the Lord uses our friendship to not only bring glory to his name, but encourage others to, to pursue friendship. Amen. Agreed. Amen. Thanks for listening to an hour and one minute long, two minute long episode of Crosscast. Bye-bye.